Hello and welcome oh, to Wonderbar Radio. Um, I'm Ellie Harrison and I'm artist in residence at Wonderbar. Oh, hang on, <laughs> we're playing our second track already. Um, 
Replay. <laughs> I'm Ellie Harrison and I'm artist in residence at Wonder Bar Festival and I'm hosting two special radio shows over the course of the week. The first one was yesterday with Josie Long who came up for the opening of the Market Forces exhibition at Vane. Um, and the second one today is with my good friend and flatmate, artist Oliver Braid. Um, so he's come down from Glasgow specially for today's show. Just, I should probably just introduce the track that we just listened to, which was selected by Oliver. Um, we unfortunately don't know the name of the artist, but we have a theme for all the music that we're going to be playing today, which is hip-hop stroke grind tracks with heavy regional accents um so that was by a local artist it was the, the song was called newcastle city we apologize for not knowing the name of the artist but there will be an opportunity to ring in the radio show later and if you know the details um then you can let us know so Back to my special guest, Oliver, who I'm very excited to have in the studio with me today. Uh, he's not going to say hello yet. He's going to introduce himself in a little while. But before um, I introduce him formally, and you must remind me to put your mic up, Oliver. <laughs> um, I was just going to tell a little story about how me and Oliver met each other. We've known each other for three years now. Um, and we met in Glasgow at Glasgow School of Art where we both did the Master of Fine Art course. Um, so it's almost exactly three years ago and then we've actually lived together for two years. But I remember the first time I, my, um, I, well, the first, the first contact I had with Oliver was him sitting next to me in the, in the meeting on the first day of term and, uh, making a bit of a scene about the fact that he hadn't brought a pen with him and I just remember thinking what an idiot comes to the first day of a new course without a pen and he had this really sort of squawking and obnoxious tone to his voice which I've later come to realise is, is quite similar to my own voice and uh, so that's what we thought would be the theme of today's show that we would work with the idea of, um, well, a good face for radio, which we both have. But we also have <laughs> good um, voices for radio. Um, and the, we, as I said, we live together in Glasgow. And what happens quite often is my mum will ring up um, and she'll say, oh, hi, pet, how are you doing? And Oliver will be like, I'm... Actually, uh, it's Oliver, um, and he's not here. <laughs> and the fact is, my mum actually thinks that, that Oliver is, is her own daughter. Um, so, without further ado, I'm going to uh, put this to the test and introduce my special guest, Oliver Braid, who will now uh, say some things. Okay, hi Ellie, thanks Sorry, for your introduction. I wonder, like, actually if anyone's really noticed the difference, whether we can even tell that there's been a transition in people speaking. Um, so yeah, often when Ellie's mom phones, I, I could quite easily play the role of Ellie. And when I was a kid, I often sort of was in the kind of situation where a parent might phone my house to speak to my mom about the child that was with us at the time and I could impersonate my mom if I wanted to. Uh, but actually I was always kind of too honest to do it. 
It wasn't. It probably actually radio has a really beautiful connection to me when I think about my voice because I think when I was about six or seven, I made a radio show on a tape, and I think that like that was the first time that I was like, oh, that's actually my voice, and um, for a long time, I really wanted to be a singer, and my dad would always say, oh, well, we'll pay for you to have voice training lessons when your voice breaks. <laughs> But actually, unfortunately, like, we're still waiting for that to kind of occur. Um, then you can cash in on I know, well, lessons. then, I mean, I did spend a childhood singing and have a beautiful soprano, apparently, but... Um, I didn't. No, then when singing didn't really work out, because it just never really happened, then I sort of moved on to acting, and that was really... The first time that we, I sort of really thought about voice training, I used to have a kind of a drama teacher that did a lot of sort of vocal training with us and a lot of breathing. And she sort of taught us to speak with Queen's English, which I think is beautifully appropriate. And her main concern was that when I transitioned from the middle school to the high school, she thought that I'd be too fey for high school. <laughs> She's a bit worried about this. At the time, I actually just thought that Faye meant psychic and I did always sort of think that I had a certain connection <laughs> with the other side so I just took it but when I got to high school I sort of realized that actually uh, I think kind of what she meant was that I had a quite a homosexual vibe <laughs> we might say um and so actually in the end my acting dreams had to be put on hold because well obviously my voice is totally unsuitable for anything other than character roles and the radio and the radio <laughs> so apologies um and uh and that's sort of how how i began to become an artist because i couldn't really go onto a stage at my high school without somebody shouting something out in the audience so i sort of had to retreat to the safety of the sanctuary of the art room um but in later years i have actually it's quite useful because people always remember me on the phone and i do find although this is quite perverse that when I'm dealing with a gentleman on the telephone, if I need him to do something for me, <laughs> I tend not to release any gender-specific details for a little while. And they are normally a lot more helpful and quite happy to call me hen and dear. It's only really when they ask for my name and I have to release the awful truth to them that I feel that in some way they feel very cheated. Like, I think they might have thought that they were on with a potential date, which I'm very open to. Of course, I would quite happily let them take me on a date. I once had a Wi-Fi guy on the phone for about half an hour explaining all the details about Wi-Fi to me. And then after I had to give my details, he really got off the phone quite quickly. Um, but yeah, I should just clear up that I am a gentleman. But, uh, and you are an artist. And I'm an artist. And uh, I'm, well, very interested in dates, specifically with someone who can deal with this kind of voice. I think it's good to put it out there. We're not dating bit yet though. Oh, I, well, I, no, but I mean, I'm a desperate person. Okay, we'll come <laughs> off it for the next five minutes while we talk about art, and then we okay. can get on to love. Oh, fancy talking about art before <laughs> love. Okay, okay, yeah, that's fine. So, um, as I mentioned, I'm artist in residence at Wonder Bar Festival, which is happening all this week, and I'm doing a couple of exciting projects, one's tomorrow, and one is on Friday. Um which you wanted to ask me about, didn't you, Oliver? Ellie, I would love to ask you all about the Wonder Bar Festival. Um, because unfortunately, I haven't really had a chance, because I only got in last night to go to any of the events yet. But I'm looking forward a lot 
to Ellie's workathon for the self-employed happening tomorrow from, is it from 9 to 5? 9 to 5, And yeah. perhaps, well, I could say that what you're attempting to do is to break the world record for the most amount of self-employed people working in one room at the same time together. But perhaps you might like to explain, because you have done it before. Yeah. And so perhaps you could introduce something about the the first time that you broke the world, well, set the world record. Well, we set the world record, yeah. We set the world record down in London in June. Um, and the idea was that the getting, pe- getting self-employed people who were generally lonely and isolated individuals who spend too much time working on their own in front of computers in small rooms as I do. And the idea was that that can be quite a lonely and negative way of working and that actually, there's also other initiatives that do this as well. It's called co-working. So the idea is (laughs) to bring like um, isolated, self-employed individuals together so that they can have a more social working environment. But the other thing that the Workathon tries to do is to enforce a normal working day. Because as I'm sure you're aware, as self-employed people, we rarely work regular regular hours. We normally work, you know, from the moment we get up until the moment we go to sleep. And there's no knowing exactly when to stop. So the idea of tomorrow's event is that you'll come in at nine. Um, you'll have an enforced lunch break between one <laughs> and two where you have to socialise. And there'll be like a little uh, staff room area set up where we can have our packed lunches together. And then at two, you get back to work. Um, work until five, and then we all go and have a nice drink together. But we are, you are encouraging people to bring a packed lunch, aren't you? So that there is that yeah. social chance. There, yeah, there will be packed lunches available, or you can bring your own lunch. So basically, we're looking for more people to take part. So I wanted to say to anybody listening, if there's anybody listening out there, um, if you're going to be working in Newcastle tomorrow on your own... Um, in front of a computer, don't. Come down to the Lytton Phil and Westgate Road and join us. It's going to be a quiet and hushed environment where you can get loads of work done and then have the opportunity to meet lots of exciting people at lunch hour or by the water cooler. And um, is there a water cooler? There will be And will there be a... A kind of is there a commemorative T-shirt, or I'm not allowed to say uh, that? No, there is a special T-shirt um, which will be on sale. Um, <laughs> the proceeds aren't going to me; they're going to Wonder Bar Festival. It is a beautiful T-shirt, uh, but it's a T-shirt that I made for the first event, um, which is a sort of play on the Lone Ranger, and it's a Lone Worker T-shirt taking the logo from the 1960s comic. And it says Lone Worker. And it's kind of sad. It's on a beautiful fabric. I think the print's very sturdy. I've had mine for a while. It's gone through quite a few washes. (laughs) Oliver will be modelling that. I will be modelling it tomorrow. When he takes part in the Workathon. So that's tomorrow's event. And then Friday is another very exciting event, which brings together the worlds of work and the worlds of fun in one happy happy collision. And that's the Desk Chair Disco. And that's also an open call. We want as many people to take part as possible. Um, And we'll be meeting in Baltic Square at 5pm on Friday afternoon, straight evening, parading across the bridge. 
Um, over the quayside into this empty office unit where we'll be having a roller disco with a difference. In the and room. could you, I know you're working with some other people with that, oh. maybe you should, because I've, I've heard all about the beautiful logo for the desk oh, chair yes. disco. Yes. Um, but I know that there are guests. some more special guests coming for that. Do you, are we allowed to talk well, about that or is, is it kind, kind of a secret? Of, it is kind of secret, but seeing as there's not very likely to be very many people listening, I think I'll just <laughs> <laughs> go on out there and say it. We're very excited. We're going to be working with the Newcastle Roller Girls who will be coming down and doing a special roller derby demonstration with a difference involving desk chairs and that will be happening from about 7.30 in the Pandon building and they'll be on skates but involving chairs in all sorts of exciting and um, aggressive and erotic ways. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds like a lovely way to start a Friday night. So um, that's enough about me I think Oliver because you are a very 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 busy man in, indeed as well which is why <laughs> you will be coming to the workathon and working. I will be working hours. solidly at the workathon. I'm a bit worried about taking an hour off for lunch actually. <laughs> no you have to it's going to be important. <laughs> but you're I'm um, busy working on two projects um, at the moment. Uh, sp- w- w- which one would you like to talk about the most? One's at Collective, um, which is opening in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I might. Well, I'll probably introduce. I'll probably talk about the Collective exhibition first. That's, it's a gallery in Edinburgh, and um, I've, I've been working with them since April on kind of a variety of outcomes for this one project. The the way that I came to work with them is through this kind of competition that they run in Scotland every year called New Work Scotland, which is an open call and they aim to sort of identify exciting new practitioners and then kind of commission them to... I am one of those exciting new practitioners. Um, and then they commission new works uh, for, like for you. So uh, I am running a project called I'll Look Forward To It, which is based on a, a quote from, I don't want to call it a relationship, but a sort of frisson that I had with a gentleman <laughs> that I still haven't really been able to completely let go of because I thought, um, well, we had quite a difficult time. And one day he let me down for a meeting. And then the next time we arranged a meeting, I said to him on Skype, oh, well, I look forward to it. And then he kind of pointed out that, well, that he felt like it was a very passive-aggressive threat that he had to come and meet me or not. So from that, the the project that I'm working on Collective is a visual essay on expectation, and it's about the role that expectation plays in art making and in the production of art. So I sort of reopened the call uh, for artists that had applied but weren't successful, and I made... The rejects. I I don't (laughs) want to say that because, well... Uh, and then introduced them to a new selection panel that I formed with a positive psychologist, an art therapist, the head of the Higher Academy of Happiness, and an artist from New York who works with pessimism and optimism. And we selected five of these originally unsuccessful candidates and invited them to be part of a new exhibition that I'm making where each of the artists will illustrate a section from an essay that I've written about expectation. I'm aware that that's a, like a lot of information serious, to cram in. Isn't it? But the ne- let's get the nepotistic um, bit in. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the nepotistic bit, 
about uh, the fact that one of these rejects... One of them is a very close friend of mine <laughs> who is sat fairly close to me right now. Um, I do have to reiterate that I wasn't really involved in the selection process and I worked with other people. But yes, Ellie Harrison, I'm pleased to announce, after Wonderbar, will be exhibiting with me at Collective in Edinburgh. But it's nice because it's another opportunity for us to work together. Because the other thing that we were going to um, talk about is the Artist Anonymous group that we um, both are members of in, in Glasgow, which runs every three weeks. Um, and I guess it's another one of these projects that sort of tries to deal with some of the negative um, side effects of working as an artist or working as a self-employed person. So it's like a support group for artists. So 10 of us meet every three weeks and talk about um, the stresses and anxieties of being an artist. <laughs> so, um, and I suppose also maybe we should mention that we do work with a kind of qualified therapist slash counsellor uh, who kind of uh, not so much runs the situation but makes observations on the things that we tend to throw up. But also, like, I tend to notice the thing that I talk about a lot is kind of kind of career anxieties and, like, really expectation and how that kind of kept on cropping up in my own life. I guess yeah. that this is, like a way to deal with it but um see i feel a bit nervous about talking about artists anonymous directly oh, no, no, because it's name, kind of there is a secrecy element yeah, to it like a secret um, cult. so that people feel that they can really let go in front anonymous. of each other it is anonymous but yeah so no we won't mention any names obviously of the other people who take part apart from us two but then we're, we're going to get a bit personal later. yeah i'm out loud and proud with the <laughs> therapy so we should probably um move on to what we're planning to uh, do with this radio show um that was kind of a long introduction 20 25 <laughs> minutes waffling about ourselves but um what we're planning to do uh, with this radio show is to utilize the public platform of radio <laughs> as an opportunity um to attract dates in Newcastle for this evening. Just one night only. Although one it's it's a, a very close distance, actually, Newcastle yeah. to Glasgow. And I was even thinking if I could meet the right person, I might even move. So, <laughs> 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 you know, not to put all my eggs in one basket. That's one of the things that I've been accused of doing quite often, actually, is putting all my eggs in one basket. Well, that sounds quite gross, actually, doesn't oh. it? <laughs> Let's move on. But there, we were thinking about this as an experiment, weren't we, Oliver? Well, I suppose that we discussed before how a kind of experimental quality does crop up in each of our kind of works as an artist. So let's think about this as a miniature experiment that's very based on the voice. Because I find often, if I go, for example, on a blind date... I feel like in some way I should prepare people before they meet me because I've seen people's faces change as soon as I open my mouth. Um, and then it just, I just feel like they can never really get over it. So, I mean, this is, this is the honest voice. But um, so what we're going to do, and we're going to we're going to play a song very soon. But then after that, and this is the thing that you must uh, stay tuned for, is um, we're going to be experimenting with a few regional accents, 
um, to see which of those regional accents are the most attractive. Yeah. And then what we're going to do at the end of the radio show, so just before 2 o'clock, is we've got a call centre specially installed next door. We've got hundreds of operatives manning the phones, ready to get going. And anyway, we're going to uh, release the special phone-in number. So if you want um, to take us up on, on the offer of a date, then you can ring in and you can pitch as to why you specifically would like to, to take either me or Oliver out. Um, on the town this evening. I might add that the date uh, that we have... Oh, it's quite a glamorous affair. It's quite an arty... um, It's quite an arty event uh, part of Wonder Bar Festival. It's a date at the Baltic for um, Anniversary and Act of Memory, which is a performance by Monica Ross. Um, Quite exciting... Well, quite serious, actually. (laughs) But quite very, very, very interesting. It's a reading of um, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which was written in 1948. It's very interesting, though, Oliver. You should read it, because we were talking about it um, yesterday. Um, Will there be an opportunity for drinking at this? I don't want to cheapen the whole... Okay, (laughs) sorry. There'll be an opportunity for sitting next to your dad and having a very um, informative... Quite a silent time, actually. Well, I suppose you're getting the voice right now. You can take in the looks afterwards. It'll be very silent, actually. Um, uh, Very, very silent. And then, then, you know, you can just sort of maybe just absorb um, pheromones... Actually, Actually, I think it can be quite seductive sitting (laughs) next to someone. I think we should play a song. Let's do a song. What song are we playing next, Now, I do believe that the next song we've got lined up, um, again, I'm pretty sure that I've got this right. I think it's by a group called Empathy, with an F, and I think it's just a song called Glasgow. Beautiful. And here we go. Oh. Coming out of the speaker. Fancy grandma know the lingo, I came up calling bingo, I make a heck of a strip at my show's gringo. So whatever style or rap, it gets you pickled, cyclical, conscious, lyrical, raunchy, or raw, political, almost bothering, spiritual, once it's never ballistic, I'm a hot mess as it flows. No good, it's gotta be killer. I say for that hung and drawn and taught all this gets on light, it's simple as looking out of your window, kiddo. Representing man, we open as a hand on my own medallion as a prize, lo and behold, fly in the sky. I don't socialise no more, I get high home for the most, I'll deny all the roads are viable course. Why? High hope, surprises, I so despise high and hopeless guys, as the guys who might try to flow with the grimy. I'll show you grammar, you wild soul, as high and lock is trigger, maybe. Cause I'm a dove, it's rhyming on the island, know this What mate, that brag is based on the truth And I've been on this path, I've been in a loop Since I was placed in a booth and paisley a crazy youth Most cunts brag, I fold the belly under stripe I deserve a right to brag for the rest of my eventful life Gonna stop getting wide when I'm 29 Till then, get in line You're so fickle and needy mate I'll get you stick repeatedly Stick you in this getting lady Eating spiritual treatment every week for seven decades So reach for your sticky mate, I'm very keen to make your day I don't play away, my eyes wander Main stage eyes, butterfly, sort of tie Broad eye on the rise, on the drive Vodka's eyeless on the rewards The aftershock cause by the arrival of a flying saucer I've got a deny in a pot of five doctor saucers Get lost pondering the pots I wonder Hand me the roll, peel me a grape MC suck a dick, I'm feeling your hate Low keys back, keep your eyes on your bub pal I'm on a rebound, I got some style How you want it? I'm happy with a bottle of tonic They call me chronic, yep, yep, I'm on it So best leave me, be away and give yourself peace Who rocks that smack like me? What? 
Macho, I don't blast bulls at the anti the ground. Be an MC's mock or summer down. Been around that shit like two time for a bat now on the heads know that I get down. Push your bandies while you occupy the metal ground. I put a copy my balls to second to the crowd. I'm gunning for rappers that want to rip it bad. I say I stand up for the amateurs and blue dog democrats. It's the executive branch, you better check your shit. Tell your manuscript, you better check your neck out. Pebble throwing rebel shit, then reduce your intellectual deficit. There's a conscious way for you to get a good one. Borderline junkie goes round the south side, round the south side, round the south side. One borderline junkie goes round the south side. Nah, fuck that, sound shite Passive prison, big shackles of your system of thought Cataclysm is a cost After your masculism, what have you got? Your mask is something and you're lost You're nothing but a pyjama clad walk That's my cock, not a metaphor, my joke Stop that padlock, gob is a blast off Pray for the day for money to spell vanity Well, I'm at Tiki Max and I handed my credit card To me capital selling strategy Compelled tragedy But I'm so enticed by this five sense reality Oh, I'm putting walls up, look at you, locked up Doom and gloom for you and yours are doom with a view And a human construct, well, the only rule of law is corrupt But there is love, there is love enough And bottle of water, and I hear in the cold drop a lot of knee on the floor of the dog doing Sorry. Okay, we're just, uh, you know, finding our feet with the whole playlist thing. But, and I, I have, I think, can I do an apology? You should do an apology. Because I do feel really bad about this, especially if <laughs> I think you have a chance that empathy are listening. <laughs> We are, we're having some kind of iTunes problems and that was actually by Loki and it's called Fancy Grammar. He's also Scottish and very attractive, I think, from what I've seen on YouTube and obviously very talented. But you can certainly hear that Scottish accent. Yeah, he's got a very rapping. Scottish like, vibe. Yeah, and I, that's what that's the theme, as I mentioned. It's a rapping and hip hop grime artist with heavy regional accents. Primarily Newcastle and Glasgow based. Yeah, lovely. Because we live in Glasgow. <laughs> we live in Glasgow. And we're now in Newcastle. We're here in Newcastle. So, Oliver, you were going to, as I mentioned, we're, we're going to be experimenting with a few different accents to see what is the most seductive. And you've been doing some research about this, haven't you? I have been doing a little <laughs> bit of research. And actually, it just seems so perfectly suited because I don't know whether people know that Newcastle... Oh, I saw I felt like that's like Newcastle. Uh, I is actually apparently the most attractive accent in the UK. I think that this is primarily based on uh, Cheryl Cole, apparently a spokeswoman for Travel Lodge, where they conducted a survey, said no doubt the nation's sweetheart Cheryl Cole has certainly helped to place the Jolly Jordan accent as top of the UK's regional accents. She said accents twice, it wasn't me. I just read that verbatim. Sick. Um, apparently the least attractive is Birmingham, which I feel a little bit sad about, being from the Midlands. Uh, but hopefully I don't sound like too much of a brummy. I did do all those drama lessons, otherwise it would have been wasted. Uh, in 2008, apparently, Northern Ireland was sexier. Wow. But something's happened in those last two years where the Geordies have just gripped it. Uh, it's difficult to know, isn't it, yeah, which no, is a more attractive what, accent. I, I know you were worried about us coming across as a bit like, uh, well, not racist, but like <laughs> a bit xenophobic. But I was just about to say I don't actually find the Northern Ireland accent that sexy. But then I think, is that rude? To say I know. I think I find it quite, quite sexy. Do you? Well, just just to give a good nothing. balance. Do you? Okay, yeah, no, that's <laughs> what we should do. But, yeah. okay, but I'd also, to give a balance to people from Birmingham, apparently Cat Dealey's Brummy accent has also in the past proved very popular. Really? Yeah. Wow. But I think it depends on the person, because apparently Edith Bowman's Scottish accent is very popular, whereas Gordon Brown's Scottish accent, <laughs> not so popular. Does it depend on the face as well, by any chance? Well... Yeah, apparently. Or, or is it just because maybe if you mm. maybe if you know what Shawako looks like, then you hear a voice and you're 
associating that with associating that with what she'd looked yeah. like. Well, actually, well. Elliot, it's really interesting know. you should say that. They did a survey at University of Massachusetts, and they found that uh, when they surveyed people about sexy accents, women concentrated purely on what they thought the voice evoked and what they thought about the voice, whereas men are more likely to use the accent as a sort of visual trigger of what that kind of girl could represent to them so guys were apparently more likely to find hispanic or latino accents sexy because and this is a quote you can picture scantily clad women going (laughs) out dancing um Interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. Apparently women are more interested in the Romance languages, so sort of French and Italian, but I, I suppose we don't really need research to tell German, you that. German, though? German's quite sexy, isn't it? Some German <laughs> can be very sexy. I think our friend Mimi's got a very sexy German accent. She's a bit terrifying at the same time. Well, she's though. got quite a dominating style. She certainly does, yeah. Um... So, yeah, I mean, I'm conscious of talking too much about this research. No, I don't want to... It's interesting. It's interesting. We've still got, got a little bit more You've time. Well, apparently, for a very long time, American women... This mm-hmm. is a bit American-related, but they were always very interested in British men. And I suppose in this article that I was reading, it says that Austin Powers, things like that, have kind of reinforced this idea that you can be really ugly, but if you've got a British accent, American women are more likely to find you attractive. But... Apparently, in recent years, since there's been more backpacking and kind of gap years, mm-hmm. Australians have really crept up the scale, really? and American women are beginning to prefer, again, another quote, mountaineers, surfers, and crocodile hunters to polo <laughs> players. Do you have any data that relates specifically to people who are IISS? Um, I don't, actually, do you know what? A lot of this... Um, Data is related to IIDS, is unfortunately. It? Oh, that is a shame. I know, but it's very, you know, it's a difficult market to find research. Well, we could do a research poll, perhaps, if we go on some IISS dates this well, evening. I think so. We, we could find out about our SS partners. <laughs> oh, that's a bad <laughs> use of the term. Um, <laughs> oh dear so we should probably move on to our experiment because we've been waffling on about it and like you said experiments are something that we're both very interested in and what we do with our work is set up situations yeah. that are kind of like experiments like you could say a just hair disco is because we have no idea yeah. how people are going to respond to that and then just let it roll Yes, sure. I was wondering if we were going to talk all about our experiences with Lonely Hearts so far, or would you would you rather not? No, I mean, I might put people off potentially. (laughs) I suppose the thing is that usually with a Lonely Hearts or a kind of internet dating website, as I said before, is that they normally get to see your face and learn a little bit about you before they've heard the voice. Yeah. Definitely. But, I mean, the thing that I find, I mean, I've only recently taken to uh, experimenting in the world of internet dating, just this year, actually, which is, uh, yeah, something a bit sad about that for me, to to be the age of 32 and suddenly have to resort to uh, the world of internet dating. But one thing that we've talked about is that um, if you do uh, go on a date with someone from that you've met on the internet that immediately that you meet you're um trying to 
impress upon them the fact that you are not a sad and lonely person <laughs> that has to advertise themselves on the internet that, that it just becomes a sort of competition to it prove. is definitely that's the thing because i think simultaneously you're trying to prove that point i'm always very conscious that i'm also thinking god this person that i've met is like the measure of my loneliness the measure of my desperation <laughs> so i'm quite unforgiving with um internet dates i often like I don't think I give them a lot of a chance, although sometimes they do ruin it for themselves. I had a man cry on me recently on our first date. <laughs> that was your only ever internet date, wasn't That was it, my Oliver? only other let's internet just, date. Uh, let's just be honest, we've only ever each been on one internet date. Well, I actually, oh, I could true? say I'm, oh, okay. I've been on two. Well, I was on one, when I first went on undergraduate, I went on an internet date when I first got to university with a boy who told me at the end of the night that he's got a twin brother, and so if he ever saw him around school, not to talk to him, just in case it was the brother, which now in retrospect I'm sort of thinking uh, might have been a lie, and he just never wanted to speak to me again, unfortunately. He did tell me that he hadn't expected me to be so fat, the first thing that he said to me. That wasn't very nice, but that was quite a long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I have really slimmed down. So we should really just be thinking... (laughs) 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 He's very, very svelte. Uh We should be... (laughs) We should be, um, uh, talk, well, what we were going to talk about is kind of, well, so we're going to be doing our, a few regional accents, as I keep bigging up, we're just trying to use as much time as the radio show so that we have a little time as possible, but also like this idea of, well, accents, I was going to talk about my experience of using different accents in, in an artwork, um, which I first did earlier this year when I did a... A, a personal p- political broadcast which was a live broadcast that went out on election day and I was trying to explain or to get to the bottom of how on earth the Scottish Parliament worked being a new uh, resident of Scotland and it being my first ever vote in the Scottish Parliament I attempted to, to use this broadcast um, to explain to my well to learn to myself and explain to others how the Scottish Parliament worked in a Scottish accent and I thought that in some way adopting that Scottish accent would would help me to kind of um, embody uh, the the Scottish like political mindset. It sort of worked, and I do think I know a little bit more about it. But relating um, back to bringing together the worlds of accents and and dating, which is the thing of today's <laughs> show, uh, you were going to talk a bit about your how you brought um, dating into your artwork. Um, not just through the, I was going to say the C word then, it's a different C word. <laughs> <laughs> it's one that's even worse than it's the similar, C word. Similar. It's the name of the mystery man who we're not allowed to mention. Anyway, um, other than that project, you were going to talk about... I was going to talk about, about some artist speed dating, right? Yes. Um, Sorry, we got hung up on the C word, and then... Uh, we got distracted. Everything went a bit distracted. Uh, yeah, so earlier in the year, I made this project in Glasgow, which was called Love Made Easy, and it was a chance to see whether object-making kind of helps artists uh, unite themselves with the world or whether it drives them further apart. And it's based on a Quentin Crisp quote, where he's talking about night classes, and he says... Uh, if you're going to learn how to sing or dance, then that's okay because people who learn how to dance will always have bigger, bolder gestures. People who learn how to sing will always have richer, rounder voices. But as for pottery and basket weaving, what good are those? Because as soon as you leave the <laughs> evening institution, 
You might get into an argument with someone on a street corner and you're left saying, I can't express myself, you'll have to see my baskets. So, um, yeah, it, it was a way in which artists could bring their work into an exhibition and each of the artists who exhibited in the project then had to do a live speed dating event for the kind of opening which could be watched by all the other people and we did have two fleeting relationships somebody did get a hand job on valentine's day from the uh, outcome of that project and there was a, a pizza date offered but uh the person who won it i don't want to say because they <laughs> sat quite close to me and uh, they ended up messing around a little bit and the date passed Sorry about uh, that, but it's difficult being a vegan a and having to go for a pizza it date. It is, I know. It's very tricky. Have a lot of restrictions as a vegan and being offered to go to a pizza restaurant. But before we get on to the much anticipated and much hyped accent section of the show, <laughs> we're going to play another song, okay, and we're going to try and play the time. right one. This we're going to do a Newcastle one again this time, Brilliant. and I think that this song is actually again. I think it's called Newcastle City, and it's by R.G. Have we not listened to... That was the one we opened with. No, we? a different song. Sorry, they're both called Newcastle City. I'm just going to creep across to the Mac. Okay, you need to creep across and choose the right one. Just double-click on it. Yes, and right. it's the Geordie Rapper. It's R.G., the Geordie Rapper, with Newcastle City. Just about to come on now, we hope.
Right, that was, uh, oh, sorry, that was, um, what was it, Oliver? That was Archie, the <laughs> Geordie Rapper. <laughs> the Geordie Rapper. Okay, right, so, as I mentioned, <laughs> this has gone a bit Glaswegian already. No, I'm not too Glaswegian. Cooley's sitting in the corner of the room and she's totally laughing now and it's, like, really embarrassing. Anyway, I'm... What we're going to do for the last section of the show <laughs> is to experiment with a number of different regional accents. Regional accents. Oh. Um, oh. And we're going to see, we're going to see which of these accents is going to be. This is like a real hybrid accent between Scotland. Scotland. I'm just going to okay, Scottish maybe now. we should just do. We, I could do a kind of, oh no. Uh, <laughs> you need to be more fluent, Oliver. We're on the radio. Oh, I think that. I'm going to have to go for something a bit more Edinburgh because I just can't quite cope with doing the Georgia accent because I just sound like, totally sound like um, a man for starters because I'm just... <laughs> I, I can't. Sometimes when I'm doing it, also with the Glaswegian accent as well, I find it really hard not to talk in a really low voice while I'm doing <laughs> it. So I have to... Um, I think I just have to find my natural, and that it's more, um, I guess, morning side, isn't that the posh area of Edinburgh? Well, <laughs> That's what I find. I always find more that, like, I was told when I first moved to Glasgow that my voice was most suited for a Liverpool accent, like the kind of pitch of it. Right. I think is quite so. <laughs> oh, I think you went a bit Welsh then. I know it's not so context-related, but for the purpose of this programme, I might have to do a Liverpool just to try and keep it consistent. <laughs> we need to have something that you can sound kind of fluent in, don't you? You need to be able to just sort of, um, you know, it's difficult if you're trying to, to speak and have a conversation on live radio, then you can't be doing something. <laughs> but uh, you're just stuttering and you're sounding like you're trying to, especially if you're in Newcastle and you're trying to do a Geordie accent. Well, uh, Oh, Birmingham. I was no. thinking that uh, I could do a kind of West Midlands accent or something. I think maybe this is a bit black country. But again, it's difficult to know because you can't really hear yourself back. So apologies <laughs> if this doesn't really sound like a... Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but in lots of ways, Oliver, I mean, Birmingham should be your best accent, shouldn't it? Because that's where that's your closer city Very to well. where you were born. I think, again, though, that was mostly to do with the drama lessons, sort of did really push it out of me. Oh, I thought I was going into a bit of a Manchester accent then. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You're good at that. Um, so tell me more about uh, 
your character, your Liverpudlian character. Has it got a special name for him, haven't you? Well, or is it a woman? Sorry, uh, I have got a name for her, and where it first oh, came from woman. was one night I was with some friends, and one of my friends was. Um, I was feeling a bit annoyed with her, so I started to do this kind of character called Tiz, where I could just tell people, like, sort of what I wanted to tell them. Um, <laughs> quite aggressive. Quite, she's quite aggressive. Like, she's just come out of prison, and she <laughs> kind of smokes quite a lot. She's got kind of a fur coat on and quite a lot of gold. And if you do something that's going to annoy her, she will really put you in a place. Um, so, she's the kind of girl who wears a Caulfield wedge. So to be honest, Oliver, do you think that uh, this tis, is it Tiz, honey? Oh yes, she's tis. called Tiz. Uh, do you think she's going to be the kind of lady who's going to get to date? If she advertises herself on the radio, do you think it's quite unlikely? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> and who would you be looking to get the date with, for starters? Well, the thing is with Tiz is that... <laughs> uh, she is the kind of girl who, you know, she doesn't really have to go on a, a dating website because she's probably just down the pub, you know. And she might, she's been married a few times before she went inside. And then, like, after she came back out again, I mean, she's always on the lookout. But I think she could meet, she's the kind of girl who could meet someone on the walk home from the pub, you know. Really? Yeah, she's quite brave like that. <laughs> well, the character that I've been doing is kind of based on my great aunties. <laughs> Who lived near Carmarthenshire in South Wales, actually. So, um, they're in their 80s. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if that's going to be the most seductive of accents to be putting on an 80-year-old Welsh woman <laughs> from uh, uh, Carmarthenshire. But it just seems to be the most natural uh, one for me, because I'm half Welsh, so it's just the one that I slip into, other than my Ealing accent, well, which is the normal one. You, well, I do think that to, let me try and get a sort of northern accent because I do think it's quite um, quite for me like quite a soothing accent because when like my mother she's uh, from up north right. and so she does often speak a bit like this when she used to go up to see my gran uh, she would revert back into this and this is an accent that I feel well, obviously, I'm not very good at keeping up with, but <laughs> she is ever so good, and it does make me feel kind of at home, you know, when someone says, ee, or ee, bag gum, or she's nah. so bonny, that does make me feel very much like it's Christmas, kind of about, well, 92 or something, and I've got a Game Boy, <laughs> and uh, I'm not allowed to watch anything that I want to watch on television, because we've got to watch... Probably Noel Edmonds or something. <laughs> Noel Edmonds, <laughs> that was great. Noel Edmonds, no. I think, can you do him in a Newcastle accent? Noel, <laughs> Noel. It's <laughs> kind of Welsh. You're, in your doing your Newcastle accent, Oliver, you're just like so, sounding like a bullet. A bullet? <laughs> like a, a bloody machine gun you sound like well, when you do not like the only, Newcastle The only Newcastle words that I was taught to say <laughs> as a kid uh, was Poopa Scoopa <laughs> and Rubber Glove. Rubber Glove, that's Glove. But I, I, feel really, <laughs> I feel really embarrassed because um, we're actually in Newcastle and I'm, just, uh, uh, too, I'm going back into my Carmarthen. It's too difficult. I want to go back into my... Um, Edinburgh, because I had a text. <clears throat> I had it. I can't. I can't. Uh, Scottish. I had a text. Yeah, uh, from Becky actually. Do you know Becky? She's from. Uh, no, I, I know. She's no, from. I can't do that. <laughs> Becky's from near Liverpool. Though. 
Oh well, she's from near Liverpool. She's well, no, but I she suppose, doesn't sound too much like Liverpool. Tis. Can I just say to Becky, thanks for your text. It was beautiful, and I hope that this isn't offending you <laughs> or completely embarrassing you. Either of those. She texted in specifically to see that she quite like my Edinburgh accent, which I just actually found again. That was quite uh-huh. happy. I don't know where I'd lost it. I think I lost it at the back of me 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 head. Me head. Me head. I lost it at the back of me head. Anyway. Uh, we get getting carried away over because we've forgotten what the real agenda of today's session is and that's to try to find uh, some lucky uh, single, they don't have to be single actually, they don't, no, no. they just have to be interested actually. Oliver and not I, no, they don't have to be. In, they, they just want to have. I quite like not interested. They could, they could come to the Baltic for free this evening. <laughs> <laughs> but but Oliver and I um, are quite obsessive people. We are quite obsessive, yes. <laughs> and uh, uh, what we're looking for really is because we have a tendency to become obsessive obsessed with we'll be um, quite obsessed with you if you've got a facebook <laughs> or something we'll probably spend quite a lot of time on that don't don't tell us your facebook address whatever you do but um what we're really looking for is is a kind of mutual obsessor obsession really it would be nice wouldn't it oliver to find somebody who I can would, be mutually I would like obsessed. someone who could at least cope with my obsession. And, you know, <laughs> in a way, it would be nice for them to be obsessed. But I do find when someone likes me too much, yeah. then, I, you know, I think this is a universal thing that you just don't really like them. That I'm particularly looking for someone with a kind of a ginger or a mouse kind of hair colour. Someone who's got a sort of face like a dinosaur is really something that I like. Is that and what it, it says in your yeah, profile? Yeah, I do like, no, because on my, on my Gaydar profile, all it does say is I'm interested in optimism and working hard because it is quite difficult to craft a profile. I think people can be put off by too much information. Well, definitely. And, uh, I, well, I've gone on to the Westminster style as well, which is quite strange because I wasn't expecting it. I was going, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to go for a bit Liverpool, but anyway, um, I Actually, I think I'd like... Oh, I'm glad you oh, come back, back to Come on, I'm never going to find anyone if I carry on like that, aren't I? I'm never going to find anyone. But I thought I'd read a little bit of my profile. I quite like to do it in Glasgow, because this is my problem, is that I always tend to fall in love with people who don't fucking live anywhere. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> don't live anywhere near me. Like, I think I need to find someone who lives in the actual city that we live in, which is Glasgow. So... In uh, my worst Glaswegian accent, it's very difficult to switch from Welsh to Glaswegian, actually. It's very difficult to do Glaswegian anyway. That's very sounding difficult. very aggressive. And saying, well, the thing about... <laughs> no offence to... <laughs> no offence to the entire uh, uh, 500,000 <laughs> population of Glasgow. Um, what, what they say in Glasgow is, um, if you, if you, and there's, it's not only the accent, there's, uh, this is in Edinburgh, but there's, uh, there's also the whole lingo, like, things that they say, they say pal, like, they, they don't say mate, like you might say in England, they say pal, so, uh, you're right, pal. You're the right, other thing pal. they say is they call a can of coke a, a can of juice. As or, or it's a something, ginger. A, a can of ginger specifically is... Uh, ginger, when I kind of Cornish uh, uh, then. It's a bit, a ginger is specifically uh, the Iron Brew, of course, which is uh, the biggest selling uh, uh, drink in Glasgow. But anyway, to, to, I'm just going to read my profile. It's a bit... Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't ahead. know which go accent on. I'm going to go for, but... Uh, 
And this, I don't, this might be a bit cheeky, actually, Oliver. What do you think of this? Like, it's kind of a, a, a bit narcissistic, which I think is another one of my problems, really, and that's maybe why I've ended up being an artist. But on my profile, I actually put this on the internet, on a website that will not... We have signed the clause to say that we will not mention the, na- the name of the website. Okay. <laughs> you signed the clause before we went online. Relationship-wise... And I quote, (laughs) okay, relationship wise, and tell me if you think this is wrong in brackets, there's a bit of humour there, (laughs) I'm looking for someone a bit like me. (laughs) Not identical, obviously, but tall. Around five foot ten, no smaller, please. Uh, slimish, which I think is slightly optimistic. <laughs> but you notice the word, the the use of the word of ish on the end there. It's useful, slimish. You know, I don't want to be too fascist and say they have to be slim because slim. I'm not slim slim enough myself. Um, so tell me if you think that's wrong. Well. <laughs> It's on lots of different levels. We're running out of time, I'm just actually. To actually. Think about, um, I'm just trying we to need- think about what you're looking for. Like, I think that it's, I think that it's reasonable. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, under pressure, I've lost my accent. I've gone to, a, <laughs> gone to a kind of southern accent. I think that's beautiful. If you're slim, oh no, I've gone a bit out of the UK. If you're kind of slim and uh, you're, you're tall, then you should definitely call in for Ellie. If you're kind of ginger mouse and you look a bit like a dinosaur, and if you can come up with our voices, you should go for me. Um, yeah, maybe Ellie, you should I'll, I'll tell people about the call center, how they can call in to get a date. Thanks, Oliver. Okay, so um, to conclude today's session, um, we're going to go over live to the phones, which are installed next door. And as you have been experiencing for the last 15 minutes or so, Oliver here and me have been uh, trying out our best seductive accents from all around the United Kingdom to see which one best suits you. So... Um, if you're out there and you're listening and you're looking for some fun tonight with Eva Oliver Braid, the famous artist from Edinburgh. <laughs> oh, you're not from Edinburgh. I am Oliver. I can't remember now. Or Ellie Harrison, artist in residence at the fantastic Wonderbar Festival. We're going to ask you now to ring in. And I'm going to call out the all-important date hotline. It is... Oh, and get your pen ready. Oh, seven nine two nine five six five eight five five. In case you didn't get that, it's oh seven nine two nine five six five eight five five. And as I mentioned, next door. We have a call center. We have 100 operatives. They're all there, and the phones are starting to ring. The phones are starting to ring. I can hear them. It's starting to buzz. It's all happening next door. So if you are out there and you took a fancy to my friend here, Oliver Brain, or myself, Ellie Harrison, from Wonderbar Festival, this is your chance to call in and make your pitch for that day tonight at the Baltic Art Center for Acts of Memory, the reading of the... Yeah.
United Nations Independent <laughs> Human uh, in the Declaration of Human Rights. <laughs> um, there is still an opportunity to register your interest. The phones are buzzing. So, without further ado, that brings us to the end of our session today. We're going to play out with one final song, which my friend Oliver Braid is going to introduce in his finest accent. Oh, so cheers for listening, pals. What we're going to do now is uh, we're going to put a woman on called Miss MC. She's from Glasgow. And this is a song called Cypriot. I saw her rapping on the street recently. Thanks for listening. <laughs> is it for Cypriot? And your heart's inside your body, so everywhere you go, that's where your home is. It's all inside, something that we can't hide. Feeling of a pride, happiness, fulfillment of our dreams, repairing of heart, coalition of brains, vibration of the beat, pain relief that is a faith. Emotions that are shown on your face, in this case, the name no poker face. Life's like a snakes and ladders game, roll the dice, move on, free space. You've just stood on a snake face, so you're going down again.